0: Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. It's been a rough time here the last few weeks, Um, just for the Jewish world in general, um, just lots of um, attacks and lots of tense moments. Um, And we thought in order to lighten the mood, we would talk about something lighter, which would be cancer. That's another uh, different way to lighten things up. Um, But seriously, You know, we've definitely been uh, on top of the news out of Israel, the news out of rising anti-Semitism around the world. Um, But just as we talk about, you know, some of the kind of more, um, I guess, newsy items, there's also things that we're looking at of kind of how to live your best life as an Orthodox Jew, what's possible. what you know, can fit into our lifestyle. If we go back a little bit to uh, the crisis from a few months ago, which was just a media crisis, only a media crisis, um, in an NBC episode of Nurses, there was a really awful uh, segment in the episode where we saw a Hasidic father and his son refuse an organ donation. Uh, they claimed it because we can't take Gentile donations, and it's obviously um, totally um, you know, lies and libelous. But it's things like this in the media that I think um, lead people to think that Orthodox Jews may not use the best science or best medicine of our times. Certainly lots of things around COVID have given people ideas that Orthodox Jews must be innately anti-vax or anti-science. And we think it's important, you know, with the rise of anti-Semitism to get the story right, to get the narrative right. Um, and so we have with us a wonderful woman today. Um, she's a genetic counselor at J Screen, and her name is SD Rose. And we're going to talk a little about uh, genetic uh, cancer, genetic testing today. So Esty, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Allison.
0: So, just to preface this, um, doing the city right now is partnering with JScreen um, to publicize their um, new genetic cancer genetic testing program. We've partnered with them before. We have other content on our site about JScreen before, which I encourage you to look up. Um, they do amazing work. Um, if you could get us started, Esty, on for anyone that hasn't heard, um, what is JScreen? Who founded it? Why? When? What are all the details?
1: Sure, Um, so JScreen has been around for a couple of years already. Uh, Many of you might've heard of us in the reproductive carrier screening realm. So reproductive carrier screening is basically testing before a pregnancy to see whether or not somebody is a carrier for a common genetic disease that can affect their children. You've probably heard of Tay-Sachs before, cystic fibrosis. Those are the kind of conditions that we've been testing for for about eight years now. Um, JScreen is an at-home testing program. So people can get tested from the comfort of their home, Everything is done in a very convenient and affordable way, because what we do is you go to our website, you register for a saliva kit, we send the kit to your home, send it back to the lab, and then when the results are in, two to three weeks later, our genetic counselors will review the results with you. Um, The cost of this reproductive carrier screening is very low, so we basically make the test easy and accessible and affordable for anybody um, who's interested in knowing what their risks are when they're planning to have their families. So, you know, a lot of my job, aside from actually doing the genetic counseling, is to go around to different communities just to let people know about what we're doing and about the importance of getting tested because people who are Jewish have an increased risk to be carriers for these conditions. And I would say maybe like 80% of the time that I go out into different communities and shuls and synagogues and JCCs and schools and Chabads and Hillel's. About 80% of the time, I always get the question, well, what about the BRCA gene? Um, for those of you who don't know, BRCA or BRCA is a gene that we all have, but if somebody has a mutation in this gene, they have a, a greatly increased risk to develop breast cancer as a female and a male as well. And for females, they also have an increased risk to develop ovarian cancer, and both males and females have an increased risk for uh, pancreatic cancer if you have this mutation. And it's well known in the community that people who have Ashkenazi Jewish background have a great greatly increased chance to carry a mutation in the BRCA gene, just like we have a greatly increased chance to have a tay mutation, to be carriers for TASEX. And Jace Green kind of wanted to stay away from the cancer realm for all these years. Um, Dealing with personal health, like cancer, is very, very different than reproductive health. And we didn't want to confuse anybody. We thought it was a little bit too much information, especially for people who are at that age when they're thinking about having kids. We were concerned that it might just be too much information for the community. But like I said, we've been getting these questions over and over again, and we started to see that maybe people do want this information, right? I think we were protecting them a little bit too much and thinking they didn't want this information, but we were wrong. And and we saw that people really did want to know if they were at increased risk to develop cancer themselves. And that's why we started a new program just this past January. So it's a brand new program where in addition to testing for reproductive carrier screening, like Tay-Sachs, we're also offering a totally separate second test called our cancer gen test, where we're testing people for 63 different cancer predisposition genes. So among those genes are BRCA and some other common cancer genes, where if somebody's positive for any of these genes, that means that they would have an increased risk for certain cancers. And our program works exactly the same way as our reproductive carrier screening, where you order a kid online, you spit into a tube and a genetic counselor will review the results with you. Um, so, you know, so far it's been really successful. We've been really happy with the program. Um, we have a lot of people who actually end up registering for both kits. So they register for a reproductive carrier screening kit and also a cancer kit at the same time. And they, they learn a lot about themselves, you know, and a lot about their future generations.
0: So where are we, you know, I think as you're talking about sort of the medicine side, I'm thinking sort of the social side. Um, I'm from now for over 20 years, there was a time where we didn't even talk about cancer, where I'm saying in certain parts of the firm community where it was called like what the machla or like they would for it. So just in terms of where we've come with being able to say it out loud and not only just deal with it once it's there, but also to be proactive. This is like a we're getting to like another level in terms of how our community is coping with bad news, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think preventative health has become a really big topic in the orthodox community recently. Um, You know, vaccines, you know, one conversation that we don't have to get to now, but, you know, every doctor will recommend that a woman gets a mammogram, right? And we recommend that everybody goes for a yearly physical, you know, a big part of taking care of our health is preventing it, you know, preventing bad things from happening. So whether it applies to preventing your children from having Tay-Sachs disease or preventing yourself from getting cancer, I think all of this applies. And I think that the, you know, the rabbis are very supportive of it. They, They would rather people prevent health things from happening than having to deal with them when it's too late. So it's really exciting that people seem interested in this, right, and that people want to do this um, when we thought that they'd be scared of the information, where we're actually seeing the opposite. The
0: neurotic when I think about what I would want to know or not know, and I want to get to that question in a minute, like how do you deal with the, you know, sort of the fear. Yeah. Um, before I get there, let's talk about, and I'm always curious where the Orthodox community sort of falls out on the timeline. Who, who was first in class, you know, or what are some other companies, some you know, non-Jewish companies that um, do this and what makes JScreen different and better um, in terms of what you offer? Like kind of how, when did sort of cancer genetic testing hit the market and become mainstream? So kind of how, like, are we very behind? And then I wouldn't say we're very behind. So it
1: used to be back in the day of genetic counseling, which like in genetic counseling and genetics world is like five years ago, because time moves really, really quickly in the world of genetics. But back in the day, we would only test people for genetic predispositions to cancer if they themselves had a really good reason or like we really suspected that there was something going on in their family. So let's say we would see, you know, a woman who's Ashkenazi Jewish who has breast cancer in her 30s. That's when we see a red flag. You know, that's when we start to think this is a typical case of breast cancer, it's most likely associated with a genetic reason. Mm -hmm. Or let's say you see a family history where a lot of women in the family have breast cancer or ovarian cancer, or you have some of each, things like that, you know, early onset cancers, very strong family histories of the same types of cancers over and over again. Those are the people who would be referred usually by their GYNs um, to go see a genetic counselor. And back in the day, we would order appropriate testing on them based on their family history information or their personal history information. Mm -hmm. Um, But things have changed. A lot, and I think that you know the public has become very used to direct-to-consumer testing. I'm sure you've heard of some of these direct-to-consumer companies. You've probably seen commercials on TV. You spit it into a tube, they send you the results. People like to have information about themselves, whether it's ancestry information, health information, um, recreational genetic information. Like for example, um, do you flush when you drink alcohol, or do you find cilantro to be very distasteful to you? That kind of like fun genetics has become very, very popular, um, and I think that combination of people being okay with finding out information about themselves and the fact that we're no lo- we are able to do this at a very clinical level nowadays um, has made people more interested in doing it. And they, they're not as scared as doing it anymore. However, I should say that there are certain companies that do these kinds of tests that are not doing them in a responsible way. So I would like to caution people against those kinds of companies. Um, anytime somebody does any kind of clinical test, you know, we're testing you to see if you have a predisposition to cancer, You know, something very important, not like ancestry testing. It's really, really important that you do it with a genetic counselor or another medical professional who understands genetics and who can interpret the results properly. Mm-hmm. So that's where JScreen comes in because we're, we're kind of like the perfect hybrid between going to the genetic counselor and taking the day off of work and going to get your blood drawn and also doing it in a very easy way. So like I said before, our genetic counselors review the results with our patients. So we're able to provide easy and convenient testing because we do it all through the mail and you don't need to take off a day of work to go visit with a genetic counselor, but you still have access to our genetic counselors who are there throughout the process. So we review every single case that comes through. We want to make sure that people are being tested appropriately. Sometimes we'll even ask them, like, are you sure you want this test? You're only, you know, 19 years old. Maybe this is not the right test for you. Or are you sure you want this test? Um, it might make more sense for you to go visit with a, a genetic counselor in your area who can order even more testing than what we're you know, able to order. And mm-hmm. at the end of the process as well, when the results are ready, they're all reviewed by a genetic counselor and everybody has the opportunity to speak with a genetic counselor to review what the implications of the results are. So JScreen is a really cool way, you know, of doing the test in an at-home easy way, but also doing it in a responsible manner with somebody who's trained to um, explain and to interpret what the results mean. So that that's kind of new and innovative. Um, when I started training about 12 years ago, this didn't exist, you know, it was, it was hard, you know, people had to take off of school or take off from work and make an appointment and travel and it was you know, there were a lot of barriers to, to getting this kind of testing. But nowadays, the insurance companies um, and this ability to do at-home testing makes it much easier for people. Um, and we see that people want it. So, you know, we're here to to provide that service for the community.
0: So, you know, for the person listening here and thinking, like, do I want to read my genes and know what's in there? Like, who who should be doing? Well, I guess, OK, a couple of questions or a question before that. Yeah. Um, you said 63 uh, genes are tested. So if you can give us some examples of like different cancers or genes that are tested. And yeah, then sure. So what what age group and sort of who knows, like how do I know if I should be in the group to look into this? And how do I know if I'm in the group to stay away from now, stay away forever? Like
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're testing for 63 genes. And within these 63 genes, we cover about 40 different cancer types. So breast cancers, ovarian cancers, uterine, um, colon cancers, melanomas, about one in 10 cases of breast cancer, about one in five cases of ovarian cancer, one in six patients with prostate cancer, and one in five patients with pancreatic cancer will have a positive result. So that's really common, right? So that means that these cancers are very often associated with having a genetic mutation. So we're going to be covering those types of genes, you know, that would cover these types of cancers with this testing panel. Like I said before, back in the day, we would only test people where we thought there was a very good chance that they're going to be positive. But nowadays, when testing is much easier, it's cheaper, insurances tend to cover it a lot better or more than they used to. We really like we think that anybody who wants this information could get tested. So it's not, you know, just the people who have histories or, or family history should get tested anymore. Now we believe that anybody who wants this information should get tested. We're never going to push anybody to do it because it could be very heavy information for some. Um, it might be a burden, you know, an emotional burden on some. So we would never say to anybody, you have to get this test. But if somebody wants it and they understand the implications of what they might learn from having a positive result, good for them. You know, I I think that knowledge is power and having this information could only help them. Um, but again, we'll never tell somebody stay away from this. We'll bring up concerns of what the testing might cause for them, such as emotional burden. Um, but if they are willing to take that risk, I, I say, go for it. You know, I'm, I'm happy to help them throughout the process.
0: So what, um, are there ever any false negatives? Um, and if you get a positive Um, What are some different actionable steps that you could do to hopefully um, save your life?
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't say that they're really false negatives because the lab that we use is a great lab and our detection rates are excellent. They're they're pretty close to 100%. What I would say is that there are limitations to the test. So yes, we're testing for 63 different genes, but there are more than 63 cancer genes that exist. So we're not testing for anything beyond those 63. So technically, if somebody comes through JScreen and they get tested and they're negative, what that means is that they're negative for those 63 genes, right? And we trust that they are negative for those 63 genes. But there's always some fine print that comes along with a negative result. And that fine print is that there's a possibility that there could be something else that we just don't know because we didn't look there. So, it's not that our test is not 100% accurate. It's more that we're not testing for everything. Um, but for those genes that we're testing, um, we were very thoughtful when we decided which of these 63 genes we're going to be testing for. We had a whole list of over 100 and we zoned in on these 63. And the reason that we chose these 63 genes is because we considered these genes to be actionable. So what does actionable mean? It means that if somebody tests positive for any of these genes, that means that their risks for specific cancers are increased depending on what the gene is. So like I said before, BRCA is associated with breast cancer, ovarian cancer, another gene might be associated with colon cancer, whatever it is. If somebody tests positive for any of these genes, we counsel them about different medical management options that they have to either catch those cancers at an early and treatable stage, or to prevent these cancers from happening in the first place. So let's use BRCA, BRCA, as an example. Um, If a woman tests positive for a mutation, that means that she has a greater than average risk to develop breast cancer. So what do we tell her? We give her two options. We tell her she can either do increased cancer screening, so for example, she might do mammograms or breast MRIs or breast ultrasounds more often than the average woman, let's say every six months, so that if she is going to get cancer, they'll catch it at a very early and treatable stage. And another option we'll give her is to do a preventative surgery, a mastectomy, um, which would greatly reduce the chances of her getting breast cancer at all. So she would have those options of either, you know, being on the lookout for the cancer or doing a surgery. We would also talk to her about possibly removing her ovaries. Um, Having that kind of surgery would also greatly reduce the chances of getting ovarian cancer and breast cancer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, there's no good screening tool for ovarian cancer. Like we have mammograms for breast cancer. There is no such thing for ovarian cancer. So in those cases, we actually would recommend that they remove their ovaries when they're done having kids or by the time they're 40 years old. So that's why I say that BRCA is a really good example of an actionable gene. When people test positive, we tell them what they can do to either deal with it before it becomes a very big problem or to reduce the chances of getting those cancers at all. And every single one of the genes that we're testing for has some kind of option depending on what the cancer is.
0: Um, but that, I mean, obviously that uh, sort of sways more towards women. Um, yeah. What about for men? Is there sort of kind of the most dangerous... Um, you know, cancer that can be detected through genes that um, men have an actionable step for that you could walk us through?
1: Yeah. So um, men are at increased risk for prostate cancer with many of the genes that we're testing for. Um, In those cases, we usually recommend increased prostate cancer screening, like a PSA test. Um, Most of the other cancers are also are like between men and women. It's the same kind of risk. So like pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, um, stomach cancer, renal cancer, uh, melanoma. Those risks are the same between men and women. It's just a couple that are men only or women only. Um, And the, the options for medical management for all those are the same for men and women. So any man or woman who tests positive for a colon cancer gene, for example, um, will tell them that we would recommend that they do colonoscopies much more often than the average person might do. Um, For certain genes, not all of them, but for certain of the colon cancer genes, we might even recommend that they remove their colon because the the risks are so, so increased for cancer for some of those uh, colon genes. Um, But that's an example of the kind of, you know, information that we would give to both a male and a female colon cancer carrying gene.
0: And is all cancer um, in your genes, or are there some cancers that uh, you could get without having any genetic? Um, I guess uh, you know sort of. Genetic code? Um, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a really good question. I'm happy that you brought that up because most cancers are actually not genetic. So, this is what I do all day, every day. So, it kind of sounds right like it sounds like all all cancers have to do with genes. But when it comes to, let's say, breast and ovarian cancer, only about 10% of cases will be genetic. Mm-hmm. Most cases of cancer in general are not genetic and they're due to something spontaneous or maybe something environmental that happened. But, yeah, you are correct. Most cases are not genetic. And that's why it used to be that we would you know, sift through people's histories and their family or their personal histories to see who we really think has something genetic or you know running through the family versus somebody who has it spontaneously. So when somebody tests negative, another limitation I mentioned before, the first limitation is that we're not testing for all cancer genes, but a second limitation of a negative result is that this doesn't mean that you'll never get cancer, right? So just because somebody's negative for any of these genes doesn't mean that they're not gonna get breast cancer or that they're not gonna get uterine cancer. It means that they shouldn't get cancer related to these genes, but they could potentially get it anyway. And that's why part of our genetic counseling always includes continue to do any cancer screening that your doctor recommends. So even if somebody has a family history of breast cancer and they test negative for all the breast cancer genes, we tell them continue to do your mammograms because this is not a get out of jail free card. Um, it's, it's possible for somebody to get cancer just because and, you know, not because of their genes.
0: hmm. And you've been doing this now for a few months. Are there any? I mean, like we already know that Tay-Sachs and um BRACA are common amongst you know Ashkenazi Jews. Are there any other patterns or trends that you're seeing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's another gene. I mentioned um, a colon cancer gene. Um, There's another gene called APC, where about one in 10 Ashkenazi Jews is going to be positive for one particular variant in this gene. And Allison, I can't even tell you how many times we've seen it already. (laughs) Like this one just comes up like all the time because one in 10 is pretty common. And most of our patients do have some Ashkenazi ancestry. Um, If somebody tests positive for this particular variant in this APC gene, they have an increased risk for colon cancer. Um, The the increased risk is not too high like it would be for BRCA and breast cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about a double the general population risk. So Mm -hmm. just to take a step back, the general population risk for colon cancer is about 4%. Um, Mm -hmm. So somebody who has this mutation in APC has about an 8% risk. And because of that, we're gonna make sure that they're on top of their colonoscopies um, and that they're doing them more frequently than somebody
0: who does not have the mutation. Mm -hmm. Has there been anyone anywhere in the the orthodox world who has been against this or thinks this is a horrible idea like and you, there's yeah. always, that's unhappy
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're always naysayers yeah there has and 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 I get it you know I understand that there are a lot of implications especially for people who are like in the system time period of their life I think it's a lot of information for a, especially a girl to have to like hold on to when she's dating. I totally get it. And even for people who are not in that you know stage of life, even if they have children in that stage of life, I understand that having all this information could be a little bit too much for people to handle and also for their kids to handle. Um, these are things that run in families, right? So for all of these, most of these cancer genes, I should say, um, if somebody tests positive, that means that each of their kids has a 50% chance to be positive as well. So like I've seen cases where we have like women in their 50s who really do need the test. Test because we really think they could be positive based on their personal history or their fa- family history. And they opt out because they're so scared of testing positive and having to tell prospective shidduchim for their kids, you know, that this thing is running in the family. And that breaks my heart. You know, it really does because these are women who need the test because they can really use the information to, to help themselves and to save themselves and their family members. Um, but they're they're scared to do it. And I get it. I think that's just, you know, one of the, the problems in, in our world right now is everything is based on shidduchim and who's going to want to marry me if I have this or if I have that. Um, But I get it. I really do get it. And there are many rabbis out there who are not supportive of this. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I do understand. And and I think that my response to that is, I think that people should get tested if they want the information. Again, I'll never tell anybody they have to do it. They need to be ready. And, And that's a very big part of the genetic counseling, is we talk to them about, you know, real informed consent, not just check here, sign here, you know, give us your insurance information. We really want to make sure that they understand what kind of information they're going to learn about themselves and their family members before they get tested.
0: The the J-Screen model that you started with, as opposed to Durya was know your genes and then do something actionable with it, you know, so you don't have to prevent the Shidduch. You can get married, you can find, you know, through um, IVF, you can have a kid so it's already been a model for several years now of have more information and with the information you can make informed decisions and i would do think that you're causing sort of a shift in even how people um it seems like a more empowered move i would say to be to to sort of you know get the knowledge and then be able to um to do something actionable so do you have a sense that you're sort of almost shifting the way people relate to scary information as opposed to running from it but sort of in a more bold position. So I think that,
1: I mean, I'm sure you encounter this a lot and do in the city. Everybody's different. You know, when you say the Orthodox community, what does that mean? You know, there's a million different types of people, even within the Orthodox community. Um, We're seeing at J screen that the more modern Orthodox community seems to be much more open to this kind of stuff. Um, And the more, you know, I don't know what to call it, black hat community. I don't know what to call it. Um, They seem to be a little bit more nervous. Um, Usually it's because of the shidduchim, to be honest. I really think that that That's the thing that's holding people back from getting tested. And it it breaks my heart sometimes, you know, because these are women who should remove their ovaries if they find out that they're positive and they're just scared to do it. Um, And that's, you know, why we're here today, is you know, doing this is just to raise awareness that no, like, it's more important for you to take care of yourself and to, you know, do whatever you can to prevent yourself from getting sick. Um, But in that community, I think it's a little bit harder to, you know, get that point across because people are so... Um, you know, focus, laser focused on, on getting their kids married off and on marrying themselves. Um, so, you know, doing these kind of educational talks and you know go, doing outreach and putting ads in the newspaper, I think, are really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do understand that it's it's not going to be easy to convince people to do this, um, which is why, like I said in the beginning. We haven't done this testing for the last five or six or seven years is because we were so scared that the community didn't really want it So we learned that some parts of the community does want it, but other parts are just not ready yet
0: I think as you know, things become more normalized in the orthodox world if they go well I think sometimes we're like the guinea pig like the halakhic prenup If it goes well, then it can make its way to other parts of the community. So I hope so And I think also, I'm just wondering why, um, like your genes are something that comes up in shit off. Like, it just seems like that does not need to be (laughs) a conversation, but what do I know? Um, got a couple minutes left. Can you just walk us through like what I guess costs and sort of like, let's say someone hears us and they're like, you know what? I want to test my genes now. What do they do after they, they listen to this, uh, interview?
1: So after they listen to me, they can go to our website, which is www.jscreen.org. At the very top of our website, we have a button that says request your kit. Um, And that's where you would order your kit. Um, If you wanna do the cancer test only, the price is $199. If you wanna do the cancer test and the reproductive carrier screening test, because you're you know, in that stage of life, um, we have a combo package for 299. Um, so you're paying a little bit less for each test if you decide to do the combo package. Um, a genetic counselor will review your case when it comes in. We're gonna ask you a couple of questions about your personal history and your family history of cancer. And if we see anything that makes us concerned that this might not be the right test for you, one of our genetic counselors will reach out to you just to talk it through. You know, Like I said before, we don't want anybody to get Tested uninformed before they get tested. Um, so we'll talk it through. So, you know, if we see somebody who's pretty young getting tested, we'll say, Are you sure you want this information? Um, and whenever they decide that they want to go ahead with it, we will be happy to, you know, to honor that. Um, after they do the registration, we will send them a kit in the mail. They will spit into the tube and send it back to the lab. We have a prepaid mailer um, inside the box. So it's, it's free and easy to send back. Um, and then when the results come back, they'll come to our genetic counselors at JSCREEN. We'll let you know that the results are ready. And we'll set you up for a genetic counseling call, um, either by phone or by Zoom, whatever you're comfortable with. Awesome. So the whole process takes about three weeks or four weeks.
0: Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, and when do we get old? What's the old age? 41? Are we old yet? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Well, um, this is really, because um, you're like, oh, if you're, you're too young, I would get the too young call, right? Um, this has really been very informative. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's great that we have more options, more, um, you know, more things available to guard our health, um, because that's really um you know, one of the foundational concepts of Judaism is to, you know, Um, So, you know, JSCREEN is an amazing nonprofit uh, doing this amazing service for the community and hopefully normalizing um, this idea of having more info to uh, be able to prevent, God forbid, uh, you know, sickness and uh, and disease. So thank you so much for your incredible work. Um, and we wish you continued Hatzalacha.
1: Thank you, Allison. Thank you for helping us spread the word.
0: Yeah, of course. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.